I'd like to ask stuff about cinema etiquette, if that's okay. I, I need your opinions on how I should conduct myself. Okay. So I don't know how equipped I am to answer, but I'll try. Well, you're a human that uses cinemas, so I assume that you're in fact an expert uh, in this. Uh, so okay. I went to I went to see uh, Star Wars: Rise of the Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker, whatever it's called, I can't remember. Uh, twice. Wait, that's what we were supposed to see. That yeah. What did you go see? Did you go see Jumanji? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I wish that had the rock in it. I love the rock. Um, anyway, this, go on. So I went. So I went to see the Star Wars, um, and I saw it twice. I saw it once in Dublin, and I saw it once in my family at home. the The time in Dublin okay. was a normal cinema going experience, but the time in my family at mm-hmm. home, the the crowd was very animated right and there was lots of people like whispering very loudly and uh drinking and getting up and going and getting sweets mid-screening uh etc um putting feet feet on seats and so on um what's your what's your protocol based on that and i was oh sorry i was kind of taken aback by how rambunctious the audience were and i was kind of like how does one conduct oneself in a cinema, like maybe this is entirely normal for these these people, and I'm doing it wrong. Um, so, how do you conduct yourself in the cinema? What are the do's and don'ts for cinema etiquette in your eyes? I, I think it's fundamentally a question of respect to the other theater goers. Hmm. Um, if you're disrupting other people, then there's a problem. Um, so, talking loudly, then yeah, that's that's not on. Um, I think having a quiet conversation with someone beside you, which isn't really uh, disruptive to other people there, that's fine. That's mm-hmm. completely fine. Um, and I'm actually quite a fan of that. Like if, I, if I'm with, if I'm going to the cinema with someone, um, although I, I do actually generally like going to the cinema by myself, but if I'm with someone, then I'll probably have a conversation with them to a degree. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll whisper like, oh, that's that guy from this film or, mm-hmm. oh, what's, what's this happening here? Kind of thing. Um, Obviously, you got to be able to get up to go and use the use the bathroom and stuff. Um, going to buy sweets is a bit weird because, like, that's missing the thing that you've come to do in order to go and buy to spend more money on a kind of a secondary thing. Mm. Um, that just seems that's just kind of strange to me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if if it's, I I did see the, uh, a bit of a video recently on Twitter. I didn't watch the full thing, but I I saw a little bit of it of um. A lot of people who'd gone to see Cats, the new Cats musical film, mm-hmm. um, and the audience just had this like collective kind of experience at how bizarre the film is because apparently it's totally weird, <laughs> um, and they were all like standing up, everyone was standing up and singing along and joining in and stuff, just kind of spontaneously. Um, so I guess that kind of counts as an exception that it, it was a it was a, a shared experience. Um, between you know kind of the mass of the audience um so everyone was kind of doing the same thing so people weren't disrupting each other hopefully um but uh, as a rule of thumb that's an exception as as a rule of thumb um i would say just don't do anything that bothers other people uh feet on seats no if there's no one in the seat in the seat in front of you maybe but still then i'd be kind of no okay because the, the chap, the the people in front of me who had their feet on their seats, I kept uh, being drawn to them because it's like I didn't. I, people usually don't do that, so I'm there trying to concentrate in the movie, and then my eyes get lulled down, and I'm like, "Why does that man have his feet on the seats?" It's very distracting. 
Um, yeah, it's it's movement at the bottom of your field of vision, which is kind of distracting. Exactly. Uh, now, you said don't be disruptive, yeah. right? So, obviously, we all need to be allowed to go to the bathroom, right? But, like, isn't, yeah, course, isn't like, the op- the optional suites, is ju- it's just disruptive. Like, we, we take the disruption of getting up and going to the bathroom because you need to. But... I, I, I don't know, like, I, I would feel really bad going and getting a refill of Coke because it's like, I'm getting up for entirely optional things and disturbing everyone. And like, oh my God, Bill, so yeah. many people did it. It was crazy. Uh, that is very strange. That is very, very strange. There was, o- there was only two people in the theatre when I went to see it this evening. Wow. Yeah, it was me and one other guy. <laughs> it was two, inclusive of Bill. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. Two. I count myself as a person, bull as that may seem. Now, you see, I went, the first time I went to see this movie was, uh, I saw it, uh, the first viewing in the morning time. Um, so there's very, there's hardly mm. anyone in the cinema because everyone's at work usually. Um, I think there might've been 10, which is really low for, you know, being in the city. Um, but then back mm. home, there was, the cinema wasn't full, but there was a lot of people there. Um, right. Yeah. Now, anyway, last point on this. Uh, what's what's your general protocol with like reacting, not cats like, but reacting to stuff on on screen? So if something shocking happens, going <gasps> like audibly, what's the protocol in that? Do you mind if someone does that in your presence while watching a film? Um, if I feel it's like excessive or if it's like affected, then I will probably find that a bit annoying. But you know, you're you're there to be entertained and you should be able to express your entertainment at things there's nothing wrong with that okay um i i readily laugh you know that's that's fine if, if it's something even if it's like i'm kind of funny i laugh not just at things that are funny I, I laugh at things that are just enjoyable like i just kind of laugh with joy at things that are that are fun rather than things that are just humorous do you do, you do like your bill laugh like the, your patented very loud bill laugh I have many laughs. Or do you have like do you have like a cinema laugh? No, I don't. I don't have um, environment specific laughs, but I have a. I've. I think. I think I have different laughs for different reactions to things. I think. I don't know. Someone else is probably someone who knows me is probably, or who goes to lots of places with me is probably better suited to answer that question. Hmm. I like the mm. I like to think that you have a podcast laugh. I think I like to think that the laugh we get is the most rambunctious of all your laughs. <laughs> I would I, I would like to think so. I'd like to think so. I think I think you deserve the the A star premium tier laugh. Oh, for sure, and not not me. The the audience, the public bill, the the denizens. Yeah, that yeah of yeah. artifacts. Well, you too, Edgar. You too. Uh, now, oh, and and a very uh, final thing. Uh, before we start, uh, what's your what should we call this episode? Because we always give it one of your uh, thesaurus word vomit titles: uh, space conflict, um, the, the rise of Skywalker. Let me think. Um, <laughs> ascent, ascent of uh, see, Sky, ascent of Aerostrider. Aerostrider. Aerostrider's Aerostrider's ascent. <laughs> yes. So, astral conflicts. I think we've used astral conflicts before, so we should probably stick with that. Okay, yeah. If if that's what the pattern is, stick with the pattern. As- astral conflicts, the Aerostrider's ascent. Mm-hmm. I like it, Bill. I like it. All right, and with that, we can begin our teardown of uh, 
of Astro Conflicts, <laughs> Errol Strider's Ascent. Uh, what do you what, mean our teardown? That's a very negative actually, assumption to jump straight into. Yeah, and that's not, it's not even a correct assumption, because I was, I was just about to ask you, what did you think of it overall before we get nitpicky? Um, uh, teardown is the wrong word for me. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, so, yeah, I shouldn't have used that word. What did you think of the film overall before we nitpick it? I wasn't that into it. Uh, like, as in, just you were just bored, or it's just you would think it was a bit just a bit crap and you couldn't get into it. Um, let me think how I can sum this up. Um, yeah, it was just it was pretty dull for a lot of it. Um, I felt a lot of the the pacing was just kind of perfunctory. Um, I I thoroughly enjoyed the the final act. I thought there was some really fun stuff in the final act. The final act was just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly the, the, the more, um, the, the more epic thread rather than the dramatic thread of the final act. That was just, it was just a, a good romp, a mm-hmm. good adventure. Um, but overall, uh, I would have had a lot of the same gripes that I had with, um, with, well, at least what I remember not liking about The Last Jedi. Um, I want to make it absolutely clear. Before we go any further on this. <laughs> I know what you're going to do. Go I, for it. Absolutely clear that I didn't like The Last Jedi much. I had a lot of issues with that film. And I didn't dislike it. It's very important that I want people to know I didn't dislike it for the same reasons as angry baby men on the internet. Mm-hmm. I think I think there's a intellectually dishonest and um, bigoted and uh, just silly industry of hate for that film um which i'm not a defender of the film i didn't like it but there's a lot of extremely bad and poisonous and toxic and just daft criticism of it out there which i am not part of for sure and i think anyone who has listened to our last one uh wouldn't get the impression that you fall into the camp that you described and uh, you're allowed to dislike a film even if uh, bad people also dislike a film sure sure that's entirely fine my sort of general thing with this, I think you're spot on. Um, I I agree with you that it was a bit kind of like, it's a bit pedantic, not pedantic, a bit like, oh, workman, it just kind of did its thing, great. And then the last bit I thought was the best bit of the film. Um, I mm-hmm. too really did not like The Last Jedi. And I enjoyed that it kind of pulled the franchise back to a sort of stable workman-like trajectory and just like executed on that and wrapped the whole thing off uh, up uh in a uh a semi-competent way it was i enjoyed it that it wasn't a disaster i could sit back relax and just be taken up on the whirlwind space fantasy thing um and i really liked it for that and it's not it's not a good film it's not a great film uh, by any stretch of imagination it's not like a great work of art it was just i just found it an enjoyable relief from what I thought the last one was, the disaster that was the last one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you, when you were watching the thing in the cinema with, the, with your one other person, did you get any vibes from that person? Any sort of like, oh, they're, they're um, really not liking it or they're really digging it. What do you think the general attitude towards this film is? Yeah, he, he, he didn't dig it much either. We actually did exchange a little bit of commentary over the course of it. And, you know, as I said, there was no one else there that we could disrupt. So that was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't dig it much. And I, I could hear his frustration at some of the same things as I was frustrated at. 
Hmm. Um, he was sitting behind me on the other side of the aisle, but I could still kind of pick up on his his reactions, you know, hearing sighs and mutters and things. Yeah, I mean, because uh, the first time I watched the thing, um, I thought it was just a flat out great movie because the reaction in the cinema was just like it is with any other film. And then the second time I watched it, there was a lot of people like throwing their hands up in the air, like audible sighs, uh, like people cursing under their breath. And I was like, oh, I think the general public isn't experiencing this film like I am. Uh, and anyone I asked uh, had a similar, very similar reaction to you, Bill. They were just like, it was just meh and I didn't really get into it, um, which is mind blowing because mm-hmm. like I said, I actually... I actually really enjoyed it whilst fully acknowledging that it, it isn't a great piece of uh, cinematography. Um, so there you go. There's the general things. Shall we do our tear down? Will you jump in when you got something to say? Yeah. And I'm just going to go through stuff. Let's do that. Give me a moment. I'm going to take off my jumper. One second. Okay. On. I, and that means I have to take off my headphones. Hold on a second. That I'm is just a little bit warm. That's okay. Well, I took off one of my jumpers. I was wearing two, but I, 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 I'm, I'm still somewhat jumper. Just less, less jumper than before. Are you, okay. Are you, we- are you wearing a, a Christmas jumper? I'm not wearing a... Well, the jumper I'm currently wearing is red, um, but it's not, a, it's not a Christmas jumper. It's just, it's just a red jumper. But do you, know what I, do you know what I did get? What did you get, Bill? I got a gold sequin Santa hat, and the sequins are reversible, so oh. it's also a silver sequin Santa hat. Wow. That's shock and bougie altogether. Yeah. And, and for my birthday a couple of months ago, um, I got a red smoking jacket. A oh. red sort of crushed velvet smoking jacket. So that's that's my Christmas outfit for this year. That's that's baller, man. And I'm not even joking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so point one, uh, I wrote. Now, oh, I will say, I, all of these notes I've taken, I took on second viewing. So there is a bit of kind of meta commentary sprinkled in with the chronology. Because uh, the very first thing I wrote grand, was grand. stunning visuals. I think visually the film was yeah. really fun with like big bombastic sci-fi backdrops and I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, spoilers from this point. <laughs> ah yeah, but sure if you yeah, that's that's fair. We probably should have said that upon all, but yeah, spoilers from this point. Um Well, we haven't spoiled anything so far, so we got away with it. Okay. Now, yeah, yeah some nice visuals. Next point then, Palpatine. Here's a spoiler. I uh, you know, when I first heard this, I was like where did Palpatine come from? He wasn't mentioned at all. And then suddenly it's like Palpatine, as if we're all meant to know that Palpatine's still a thing. Like that wasn't, was that established at all? Like zombie, zombie Palpatine? No, was, no. no. So here's, so here's my theory about this. I think, I think a lot of this movie was setting itself out to just retcon a lot of what happened in Jedi. And I really think that, right. uh, um, what's the man? A Snope. Snoop? Snope. <laughs> the guy snokes so it was snoke the supreme Le- supreme leader snoke snoke exactly i really think he was meant to be just the big bad f- throughout all three films um but then right. they for whatever reason because of just no one seemed to have a plan killed him off in the second one and then they were like oh well damn mm-hmm. we're missing a big bad we must invent a bigger bad than the big bad so uh palpatine i guess so i think if again i think if if the second one didn't do all the weirdness i think if you just had uh snoke in place of palpatine everything we find but having palpatine there is weird very strange yeah um see my issue with with the previous film was that it had a load of really good stuff in it but that it never quite committed to it always kind of shied away from committing to its bold choices. Um, so, 
like when it, when when they they kill Snoke, I was like, okay, that's that's pretty interesting because he is obviously set up as the the Palpatine analog, um, and they were saying, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do this differently this time. This this is my reading of it at the time. We're do, we're gonna do it differently this time. That pa- Snoke gets taken out of the picture, and then it becomes about the conflict between Ray and Kylo. Uh, you know, and that, that that's that's pretty cool. And then they just undo that by first of all in Last Jedi by getting um, Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, to, to solve the problem um, mm. and and have the final fight. And then in this film by reestablishing Palpatine and then undoing a lot of what happened in um, Return of the Jedi, like in in the conclusion of the original trilogy. Oh yeah, of and course. That, like yeah. it it takes away it takes away the power of that conclusion to that trilogy. Yeah, now that's going to enrage a lot of the people we 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 spoke about before they're not going to be very happy about uh reducing the value of the original theory that's going to, i can see that going south on the internet. oh i don't i don't give a damn what what they get angry about they're going to find something to get pissy about oh anyway. oh yeah no no more that i just as you said that they are suddenly aware that there are very heated arguments going on, on the internet i i didn't even think when watching that uh, the appearance of palpatine uh changes the original thing. I didn't even that didn't even in, enter my mind at all. So that's just the thought thing in my head. Um, yeah, man. Mm. I, I I don't think it was. I really like. I can't get in the minds of the filmmakers for the second one. I don't think it was a case of doing bold things and doing interesting things. I just think it was a case of like just like subversion porn almost. That's just everything we can have subvert. Let's just subvert it to make this film seem smarter than it is. Yeah. Uh, and then but it they didn't did... commit to it though yeah but they still killed Snoke like they still subverted the trope of the big bad remains for the three things so they like that one they, yeah. they kind of executed on and then they went back on it because I, I really do think that like this this whole franchise kind of just was a bit aimless do you know because if you think about the first one it's just like oh crap what do we do um um let, let's just remake the first one and then we'll we'll kick the problem of like storytelling down the road a little bit and then it comes to the second one mm. and then they're like oh oh crap what do we do oh okay it look it look really smart if we just like play with the audience expectation based on what the first one set up without kind of like crafting a good coherent new story and then the third one comes along and was like well jesus everyone hated the second one uh we need to undo all of that and then somehow also uh just wrap this thing up so like the whole thing just seems like no one had a coherent story ever and they were just winging it that's my impression of the whole thing mm. um but we will never know yeah yeah i think that's true and i, I think they, they bowed to the pressure of the the angry the angry fan reaction and allowed themselves to be constrained by that for this film. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I think so for sure. Um, next point, uh, can I move on? Yeah. Uh, I have here written iceberg planet question mark. Uh, at one point they pull into a location. I can't remember why they were, uh, doing this. It was at the very start of the film and, and the planet looked like it's at the very start. They're picking up a message from the spy within the first order. Bingo. The planet they land on, it looked like an iceberg in space, man. And I immediately thought, like, that can't happen. What are they doing? That's really weird. And then I was like, is it an iceberg in space? Or is this planet just very dark? I was a bit confused about that. That's not a it's not a critique here or there. It's just kind of like, that was a weird uh, uh, visual design thing. I didn't really understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, next thing I have here is the... Uh, there was the light skipping bit as they escape said planet. 
uh, the TIE fighters are following them. I wrote here, if TIE fighters don't have warp drive or whatever, they can't enter hyperspace, apparently, um, as per the original theory, theory. And it was kind of like, I wonder is there new TIE fighters with new tech? Um, again, just a thought I had. Uh, and then mm-hmm. we skip to Leia. We see Leia. Um, and I was like, man, Leia looks really strange. Uh, like, very odd. And I was like, what? what is going on? And then I started thinking like, have they CG'd her like they did with Rogue One? Um, and she proceeded to get stranger and stranger for me as the movie went on. And I, I went online afterwards. And apparently it was just, uh, it was a, a fair bit of like just keying her into the scene. Because they had a limited amount of footage with her. And they had to just make that story work somehow. So like piece, like splice in the correct dialogue lines in places to try and cobble together a thing and upon reading that i was kind of like well jesus actually didn't do a bad job there like it's coherent like she might look a bit strange and if she's not looking in the right directions and things like that but like the story there is a bit is it is coherent um so it's both mm-hmm. credit to them and obviously unfortunate for the film that uh that leia who's leia's actress what's her name uh, carrie fisher Carrie Fisher. It's unfortunate for the film that Carrie Fisher died because they obviously that was a serious. It was clearly a serious problem for them. Mm. Carrie Fisher was just cool. Carrie Fisher was really cool. She was just cool. She was really cool. I suppose this leads into the next point. Uh, Leia as a Jedi Master. That's mm-hmm. uh, bumping up potential Leia coolness because again, don't kill me, internet here for not knowing my Star Wars trivia inside out. But I don't think she was the, the notion of her becoming a fully trained Jedi was never. Uh, talked about um in the original stuff wasn't it like there was some insinuation that she had the force thing um she had she was force sensitive yeah there there was no training of her in the originals correct in the original trilogy i don't think there was and you do see a montage or a flashback of her and luke training together um in this film um which must take place after return of the jedi Mm -hmm. Mm um so yeah um it it had been, as you say, it had been implied in the original trilogy. I don't know if there was anything about it in, um, what was episode uh, seven called? Force Awakens. Force Awakens. I don't know if there's anything about it being force sensitive in the Force Awakens. Um, and then in episode eight, in in the Last Jedi, she appears to die and then flies through space, and no one brings it up. And like I'm not, I, 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 my complaint was never that she has a superpower. That's cool. That's that is very, very dope. But like, I've never heard of anyone flying in space in in Star Wars before, and everyone just seems to roll with it. Everyone just kind of assumes, oh yeah, that's that's fine. That happened, and no one like ever mentions it again. And it's so jarring for me. Now that that's fair, but I I will go a step further and say that I do have a problem with like having that particular superpower because we talked about it at the time last year or two years ago um it's just like treat space with with more um it's more of a dangerous environment than simply you can float out there and you just get a little bit cold and then you wake up and you fly back to your spaceship like space treat space like the sort of dangerous um environment that it is so i just i i, I was good like that's a bit cartoony city uh for me is uh, it though no, we went through, so we went through this last time. Like, it's not the sort of like if you get sucked into space, you immediately like shrivel up into a ball, um, and you can okay. be um, what you call it, uh, subject to outer space for for a little while, uh, without massive uh repercussions. Uh, but it's still not like 
it's it, it it I don't think it's as comfortable as they made it look like in in the last Jedi or what whatever the thing is. Is the last Jedi the, the movie before this one? I get confused with the names now. Last Jedi. There you go. Um, yeah, Last Jedi is episode eight. And I think I think a really good sort of um, a, a depiction of like surviving space was the first episode of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, Michael Burnham had to jump through space basically to get from one part of the uh, ship that's being destroyed to another. And it was a real like, you know, it was a, oh, yeah. it was, it was a big deal. And you can see as she flew through space, like she was beginning to suffer physically. And like she still made it. And like that's, I think that's, mm-hmm. that's ace. Um, I just think that, yeah, the depiction in Jedi was just too, it was too fantasy. I want a little bit more sci-fi yeah. in that for me. There's a good scene in, I don't know if you've watched any of The Expanse, um there's a good scene in an episode of the the first series of the first season of the expanse where um there's a like a an ice miner or an asteroid harvester or something um working in in like the asteroid belt and there's a bit of something comes loose inside his helmet while while he's in in vacuum and he he like he opens the helmet to cold vacuum of space and like removes it and closes it up again um and loads of people found that really, really jarring. But like, it's it would probably be doable. Yeah, it would probably be doable. He just he doesn't like hold his breath. He exhales, opens it up. The suit depressurizes. He takes out whatever is inside. He closes closes the the helmet again and repressurizes, and it's completely fine. And I just thought that was kind of a neat little touch, um, because like a lot of a lot of a lot of properties would just be like he's opened to opened to hard vacuum and bam, his head explodes. Which I mean, that wouldn't happen. Um, yeah, yeah. Again, uh, I, I would, I would not call for uh, surviving space. I would not call for all space encounters to be to end with someone's head exploding. I think that's kind of a uh, a thing that we used to do and we don't do now in film. I just, I just wanted to be a little bit more uh, to show a little bit more discomfort than the last Jedi did. Taken with a little bit more gravity. Oh, oh God, Bill. Hey. Oh, it hurts so much. Edgar, did you get it? I, I got it, Phil. I, get I it, got it, and I wish I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Leia, Leia is a Jedi Master. Do you, so what do you like? Do you like that idea of kind of like, this wasn't really established, but we're going to give you a, a quick little scene to just, you know, establish it, uh, move on. Do you think that's, do you think it's good storytelling? Do you like this upgrading um, of Leia to Jedi Master? Do you not? What are your thoughts? I, I I don't know if Jedi Master is exactly what was said. I mean, she had some Jedi training and she she took it, you know, reasonably far. Um, I think if... Uh, and I suppose I'm not completely au fait with what all of the things in the lore are. But um, yeah, Leia having some Jedi training, fine by me. Yeah, and I think it plays a little bit like uh, The Wire with the sort of like stuff happens off scene that you're kind of... You have to imagine that this world continues off screen. And just kind of like drawing our attention to it very briefly and saying, oh yeah, by the way, there, this world exists exists, exists beyond the scope of this movies. I think that's a really cool touch. Uh, I really like that. Yeah. Um, and a rare one for Star Wars. And a rare one for Star Wars. <laughs> yes, exactly. Usually everything is explained <laughs> in excruciating detail. And everything happens to the same seven people and their kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, now, after that, we... Uh, uh, I'm assuming uh, all the characters come together. We have Poe, Finn, Ray, uh, BB-8. All the central uh, players come together and they embark on a mission. 
um, I wrote in my notes, ensemble cast finally. And it, it I, I cannot yeah. believe it took till, you know, whatever, 20 minutes of the third movie for us to get, you know, these all these characters gelling and riffing off one another. And it was great that they did. And I think they worked really well. I enjoyed the bickering. I enjoyed Finn and Poe's sort of like, um, like almost combative buddy friendship sort of thing going on. Um, I think the three of them played really well. Off. It was cheesy, but it was fine. Yeah, but it's Star Wars, man. I'll take cheese. It's a kid's film. I yeah. don't care. I, I'm not looking yeah. for, you know, I'm not looking for uh, best actor performances here. Cheesy is totally fine by me. Um, yeah. And I'm glad they finally did it. And they should have done this straight off the bat. Like they in The Force Awakens, they should not have had Poe just disappear for the entire, the entire film. In Last Jedi, they shouldn't have split the team up, or rather, actually, they should have split the team up in the in the second one after having done the ensemble thing in the first one, and then this should have been the recombining of the team to like go against the big bad. So they didn't execute that very yeah. well over the trilogy, but I'm glad they did something here in the uh, in the last one. Agree? I mean, I I wasn't I I wasn't. I, I wouldn't necessarily require that for them to to be the trio um you know it it, it it's not a an integral part of the experience for me um but I was confused by why they were being talked about as this ensemble trio from the very first film um from force awakens and as you say Poe Dameron is barely in that film yeah um and people people were talking like I went to see it and kind of didn't know that much about it beforehand um, and hadn't like engaged with the kind of fandom about it at all. Um, and then when I came out and started reading things and people were, were describing them as like, oh, it's the new, it's the new trio. And I was like, how is it the new trio? <laughs> exactly. like, your man is barely in it. And I, I think um, behind the scenes though, uh, internet, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Poe was meant to play a bigger role in that first one. But then... I don't know. Right. Something happened, and the same with your one, the the pumpkin, Maz Kanata. <laughs> she she was meant to play a, a much bigger role in the first one, and again, something happened there. So, I, I again, right. it, it goes back to if that is the case, and I'm remembering that correctly, it goes back to this sort of feeling that like it was all a bit leaderless, and no one had like mm. one sort of like this is the vision, lads. Let's let's execute it. It just seemed like people were winging it, um, which is not great, and it leads to a a mediocre trilogy in, in my mind. Uh, final order, Bill. What did you think about this? The move from the first order to the final order. I mean, I guess it's, you're going to have an integer of orders two as an adequate integer to have. Um, I mean, what, it was a little bit abrupt. <laughs> yeah, but what, what did you think about the notion of there being an integer of orders? Like, uh, could they not have um, stuck I don't understand with what the, f- the distinction between the first and the final is. It's not just the same organization. Um, why why do you set up the final or the first order as a threat, right? And then the first order are enough of a threat to cripple the the rebellion or the republic or the res- the resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, to cripple the resistance in the Last Jedi. Uh, and why do you need to introduce? a new but yet identical organization to replace them mm-hmm. to be a threat in this film it's it's very messy yeah agreed fully agreed i couldn't for the life of me work out why the hell they're doing this like 
It's just, uh, and again, well, I think maybe it's because of, again, the Jedi thing, like retconning Jedi and having to, like, you know, introduce Palpatine. It's like, oh, God, but what's Palpatine actually bring? Well, you know, Snoke, uh, Snoke, yeah, Snoke had the uh, First Order, so we have a new big bad. So the big bad needs to also have his thing. So final order, I guess. So I think it's a consequence of retconning. And I, I just think it's, yeah, it's messy, like you said, and it's a bit kind of like, I don't know, like, it's a bit, it's a bit, yeah, it's just ratcheting up the ante that doesn't actually get ratcheted up. Like, I didn't, I didn't enjoy that. It, do, it doesn't really increase the threat at all. No, and showing no amount of, like, the, the, the giant fields of Star Destroyers was kind of like meh. Like, that's, it was almost like prequel-esque level of, like, if we put more stuff on screen, yeah. it's more impressive. And I'm like, no, like, it's... threat isn't just more ships, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's so over the top that it kind of becomes sort of contextless. Exactly, 100%, 100%. Next uh, note I have here is Rose. Uh, I feel sorry for Rose. Uh, Yeah, she she got cheated. Yeah, she got cheated. Uh, Another example of retconning going on, and it's just... And and bowing bowing to fan reaction. Yeah, because she, um, without getting too much into nasty stuff, I'm a, I'm a, I remember reading a lot of, she got a real bad, bad end of it at the end of that one, last one, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. That, and like, you know, while I, while the, the, the function that her character played in The Last Jedi is just the kind of thing that I'm not that interested in films. Like it was this kind of, it felt like a, a tacked on romance. I'm not into romance in, in movies generally. And especially when it's just like, it feels added on. And this kind of sacrifice to to save Finn, I don't know. Just it's the kind of thing that annoys me in in Star Trek and you know, or in Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars, uh, you know, it's, it's probably just not for me because it it does a lot of this kind of thing. Um, but yeah, she got um she got hounded off Twitter like. Oh, um, did she? The, the the amount of hate she got. Yeah, she 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 got so much hate from from um fans that uh kelly marie tran left twitter and no. i don't think she's ever been back oh yeah. man that's she got person she got personally targeted and bullied by by star wars fans no i mean not, obviously not by all star wars fans but there no, was a no. there was a section of uh entitled uh in, entitled star wars heads um who were so incensed at the the existence of her character that they personally harassed the actor, which is just disgraceful. I mean, but it's that's so. Um, I realize I'm preaching to the choir here, but that's so daft. Like because all the character is the way it was written was just like a pretty bland, boring character. Like it's so just it blows my mind that you would lose your mind over that. You just kind of go like, oh, I didn't dig that. That wasn't for me. And then you just move on with your life. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, it, Look, I mean that's that's been the, that's been the problem in 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 a lot of the reaction to the previous film. It's like, yeah, I didn't like the film, but like, just go get over it. Like, go yeah. on with your life. Go yeah, go it, watch go watch a different film. There's there's like at least a ten or twelve other films you could watch. Exactly, yeah. And then now, when all this clears, and like you know, twenty, thirty years down the line, when people watch this without the sort of like context uh the it just the mm-hmm. retconning of roles is just going to seem so weird in the trilogy it's like oh right we've, yeah. we've added on to the cast great and then in the next movie she has like three lines and it's just it's just the oddest thing 
It's just yeah, that that yeah. that really I, I I really fell for the actress because that's 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 not good. Um yeah. now my next point here, uh again, stop me at any time if you have a note that you need to jump in with. Um Kylo Ren's remaking of the mask, another sort of retconning idea. It was just stupid. <laughs> with the like well, I don't remember the context of the mask breaking. Oh, isn't it? But in the last one, didn't he haul like again another one of the sort of like we're going to be clever here uh, with subverting things? Like the, they they wanted to subvert the sort of masked black figure by just destroying the right. mask and have him run around uh, the whole film without a mask. Because um, this is new Star Wars, we don't need masks. I think that was the context for mm-hmm. it in the Jedi. I think that was that was it. Um, okay, and so they reforged it because looks better with the mask the mask is cool but like adding the sort of like go faster red cracks was just like lads come on like jesus christ <laughs> it looked a, it looked a bit silly well, it didn't bother me no like no i wasn't like again i'm not like bothered i just was like i think that's a bit i think that's a bit silly she could have just reforged it and all those cracks could have just been added to the litany of other cracks it's the bl- glowing bright red cracks that just really put me off uh anyway um Oh, uh, my next note here is that there is that then we move to a scene inside like a boardroom on one of the ships where uh, Kylo Ren Vader chokes one of the people at the desk. Um, and that's another yeah. another point where I was like, it's just really lame because like we've seen it. It's just like we didn't need a new Death Star. We don't need Darth Vader 2.0 force choking another person uh, in a boardroom. Again, like just like, do do new things here, film. Come on, like. Yeah, and I don't think it. I mean, if you accept that it's there to build on the arc of Kylo imitating Vader, um, yeah, I guess it it fulfills that role. But I'm not a big fan of that as a conceit, anyway. So yeah, for sure. Especially um, after nearly giving up on it in the previous film and then chickening out of giving it up in, in the previous film. This retreats even further away. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, the last one, it was very like, we're not going to just do Vader. And now it's like, well, we're going back to doing Vader. And it's just, yeah, it's just retconning is a serious problem with this film. Um, n- next point, uh, we then, the trio plus droid and C-3PO uh, go on uh, a tour of various planets looking for the MacGuffin. Uh, the first planet they land on, can't remember its name, uh, but it's the one that had like the Festival of Colors. Really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy in Star Wars seeing like funky uh, aliens in their funky environments doing their thing. And I really got a sense of like, we're on an adventure, you know, we're going seeing far flung yeah. places with, with cool people and we get to hear like cool languages. Really enjoyed it and it was visually very pleasing. Very good. 10 out of 10. 12 out of 12. <laughs> then what else I got here? Uh, I have no comments on Lando Calrissian. Do you have anything on him? He looks a bit old. A bit like he's put on a bit of weight. But other than that. He is like in his 70s or something. So that's fair enough. Yeah, exactly. Um, but just just more of... Also, Billy D, Billy D. Williams just seems lovely. Don't in seeing like interviews and stuff with him recently. He just seems lovely. Uh, that's the Lando actor, yeah? Uh, I, I'm fairly sure that's his name, yeah. I, I just don't know his name. I'm sure he's lovely. He looks like a lovely man. Um, yeah, I have yeah. nothing to say about him. It's just like we had to get him back because we need to see all the old people for some reason. Um, grand. Couldn't, doesn't really bother me. Um, force FaceTime. Uh, I still don't like Force FaceTime where Kylo and 
and Ray talk to one another um, like as if they're like Skyping. Uh, don't, don't, still don't like that. And I, I was yeah. thinking, second viewing, I was like, you know what they should have done? Well, they shouldn't have done this because it would have been ripping someone off. But they really should have done a Stranger Things thing. So when the two of them are connected and talking to one another, they go into like a black void. So we don't have this jarring cutting between vastly different scenes. And then later on in the film where we see that when they're doing the force FaceTiming, they can, uh, objects in their vicinity can be sort of like magically teleported to the other person. That would work so much better in like a void sort of scenario. So like the two of them connect, they're in like a, a featureless black room if one of them touches an item beside them, like, say, Vader's mask, uh, that then becomes apparent to the other person in the void, and they can interact with it. I think that would have been so much cooler than the sort of really jarring jump cuts back and forth. Hard disagree. Hard disagree? Oh, why? Yeah. Tell me. Yeah. Uh, um, I think, I mean, like, as you said, it's it's been in other stuff. Um, I think there's, there's a lot of... Uh, black void uh content out there um and i think having it the way it the way it, it currently is um reinforces that they're still in there like they're still aware of the current environments they themselves are in hmm. uh but they're they're being perceived by the other one as being in the environment that the other one is in so you know kylo sees ray before him and ray sees kylo before her in the environment that each of them is currently inhabiting. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if it was if it was in a black void, then it would be like, oh, you know, are they blacking out? Are they totally unaware of what's happening there? Are they, is that black void a specific other location? Yeah. So for those two reasons, no, I, I quite liked that. I quite liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that, that whole thing overall and how they, they were able to in, influence each other's environments. I thought that was kind of cool. Because um, it, it doesn't really exactly make sense. It's a little bit unexplained. And, you know, in a film about uh, space wizards, then, you know, I think it's okay to have a little bit of mystery to the magic. And that was, that was definitely that. Yeah. For- and there's not much of that else in, in to the force. The force is kind of between, you know, it's exposure over 40 years in media and expanded universe and Wikipedia and like loads of films at this stage, the, you know, a lot of what the force does is understood. So, you know, that that's kind of not really understood. And I like having a little bit of, a little bit of magic left in the magic. Yeah. I will fully agree with the whole, the objects interacting thing. I, I really do like the mystery of that. And I found myself questioning it and I thought that was really fun. Um, I suppose the thing that I just find jarring is literally like the aesthetics of how it's done. Like the jump cuts and things like that. I I take your point, and I think you make perfect sense. It's yeah. just to my sensibilities, it's just it. I require something different okay. from that, you know. Um, but then yeah, uh, the, I just I didn't find it jarring. Yeah, well, sure. Like if you don't find it jarring, then it's it's all gravy, uh, which is good because there's a lot of force FaceTime <laughs> in this film. Um, now, so then on said planet with Festival of the Colors, there uh, is a speeder chase. Um, where we're mm-hmm. introduced to new stormtroopers. They fly now, is the quote, with zooming stormtroopers. Uh, I wrote here, speeder chase, like pod race, only fun and shorter. I liked it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, I, I had no objection to it. Um, it was it was fine. It was, a, it was an entertaining little sequence. Uh, apparently that was actually filmed for the first film. No, really? Apparently mm. so. According to... Uh, 
Graham Norton on the Graham Norton show the other night because um, da- Daisy Ridley was on it um, and they played a bit of that clip and I didn't I looked away because like, I, I didn't want to see anything before I saw the film fully mm. um, but I, I saw a little bit of the, the stormtroopers being shot in the air um, not enough to, to figure out what was actually happening but then when I saw it in context I recognised it from, from the Graham Norton show and um, he said to, to Daisy Ridley, oh, that was actually from the first uh, film, wasn't it? And can you even remember, you know, the context of what you did that in? Or was it hard to to put the two things together? Something like that. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of interesting. Yeah, and I suppose it makes sense. It obviously would have been for the Jakku sequence. I wonder why, the, I wonder if that's yeah. why we're back on a desert planet uh, again. <laughs> Which I actually, do you know what, do you know what, though? I actually don't really mind that because it's not so much the, the planet that's the thing that I'm looking for. It's all the cultures that inhabit it. So, like, the fact that they had the Festival of yeah. Colour on a desert planet is totally fine. And in any ways, in any case, a lot of the planets in a universe are going to be lifeless rocks that have been made habitable by aliens or whatever. So I, I totally buy the let's yeah. just keep going to desert planets. It's grand. Um, it's just a visual fact. For factor. all we know, it was an incredibly diverse planet and they just went to a desert area. Uh, for sure. For sure. Totally. Exactly. Um, so I, I don't really find it uh, too jarring. Uh, so next point is uh, Finn. Oh, yeah, so they, 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 they fall into sinking sand uh, um, while they're tracking down a ship. And uh, Finn says to Ray, I never told you a thing. Um, and mm-hmm. he says this twice in the film that he never told her something, but he doesn't get an opportunity to say it. No payoff at all. What was going on there? I want to know yeah. what Finn never told her. Like it, it was, it seemed to be building up to like, I love you sort of thing, which would have been another retcon on the sort of, he was meant to have this romantic thing with Rose, but that didn't go somewhere because obviously Ray and, and, and Kylo at the end, so I was like, that's weird. And the fact that they double emphasized it, very strange storytelling. Yeah. Don't know what that was about. Yeah. I, I, again, probably mismanagement. <laughs> Retconning and mismanagement. Story of this film. The Knights of Ren, Bill, they're cool. We needed more of them. They are. Um, I felt that was another thing like emphasizing uh, Ray, Finn and Poe as a trio, that they were... We were kind of told that yeah. they're badass and interesting, but we like never like it, that's never like we were only vaguely aware of them. In if we only watched the films, we we're only vaguely aware of them by the start of episode nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and they still don't even get to do that much in this film. Like they look around, they go around looking menacing, and then they have a fight scene at the end. Um, and that's it. I think this is a thing that Star Wars does a lot: is that it, it um has this cool background uh flavor. But it's not always just for the sake of having cool stuff. It's so they can hook that in and make a spin-off or a prequel mm-hmm. or a sequel or something about it at another time. Yeah, for sure. And that's I, I'm I'm a bit morally against that. Um, I don't think it was a problem, though. They just were menacing. I think that's entirely cool. They just were like a silent, like, steampunky, uh, like, gang for me. And I thought that was class. But I just wish they had Steam-punky. been... Steampunky? Well, I mean, I don't know if that's the correct word, but all their kind of like big mechanical, you know, weapons, like they were like these big mechanical lumps of yokes and their helmets were all like black metal and they looked like they were forged from metal. It's maybe mm. not steampunk, but it's, I don't know, a certain like industrial aesthetic, perhaps. 
Um, okay. That I really enjoyed. I see what you mean, I guess. And they, they were just like, it just like, we don't speak. We don't know. We just go around intimidating people. Loved it. I just wish they had established it earlier. And maybe like before we taught there was, it would be cool if like there was, I don't know, three of them, say, for example, and then in the, in the earlier films. And then as the films went on, the, the gang sort of expanded to its full might and that presented this sort of threat. That would have been cool. But um, again, um, yeah. for me anyways, and mismanagement that they weren't set up. Um, yeah, because uh, when I, on the thing that you were saying, I, I, the only reason I know about the Knights of Ren is because I was watching some interview uh, with some Star Wars thing and the interviewer uh, goes, oh, I can't wait to see more of the Knights of Ren. And I was like, who are the Knights of Ren? And I had to Google for it and be all like, oh, they were in that, like when the Jedi, when Kylo Ren burnt down the Jedi place or whatever, that flashback, they were in that briefly. And that was it. And I was like, why does this person want to see more of the Knights of Ren? I don't I was really confused uh, by it. And again, like you were, <laughs> like you were saying, is we were told to care about them without actually uh, seeing them, which again, not good. Yeah. Um, now, what do I have here? The next thing that, that I happen to have a note on is uh, Kylo and Rey force pull on a ship as it's flying away. Um, mm. I My first note is the force pull is stupid. I just thought it was didn't work for me and then the next note is the force tug of war is stupider uh and then i wrote force pulling if you're going to use it uh should have some sort of physical effect on the user so like if you're going to channel the force so much that you're going to take down uh, or you're going to like halt a ship in motion like it'd be cool to see like actual physical effects like veins veins popping or like skin flaking or something where you really feel like this takes a toll on the character and then have that toll linger afterwards for a bit but it's just like they perform this amazing feat and then it's just kind of like uh, the explosion aside and like the ramifications of Chewie being dead they was just kind of like oh that's that's fine I just did that that's fine you know I want there to be more of an effect it's more gritty hmm Hard disagree again. <laughs> I s- no, it's not a hard disagree. I see what you mean, but I feel like that's not for Star Wars. Really? I'm not. I can't. Yeah. <sighs> I, I I think like using using dark side powers has has an effect on you. You know, like you, use of force lightning makes you age horribly or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, no, I, just, I, I see what you mean, and I think that's, like, it's it's a cool thing to have, but I just don't think it's a Star Wars thing. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that, I'll give you that. Um, I'm glad, though, you think it's cool, because I think it's cool, too. <laughs> uh, next, though, yeah. Chewie should have died. It's a Dragon Ball Z kind of thing. It's a Dragon Ball Z kind of thing. Yeah, that's, that's fair, that's fair. Um, yeah. Next note, Chewie should have died, exclamation mark, thoughts. Um, this is more of the same problem as mm-hmm. in the Last Jedi of failure to commit. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's like oh okay, like okay, I, I would have thought it was a fairly cheap death anyway. To be honest, like um, I I think it was a little bit if they if they had followed followed through with it, it would have been like yeah okay, I guess you know whatever. Um, but not following through on it is probably worse. That it's like you know we'll, we'll do this and everyone will gasp and then in five minutes time it will be irrelevant because he's not actually dead. Yeah. Um. And it's like reluctance to upset the status quo. Yeah. 
yeah, um, for sure. Or do anything bold. Um, yeah. And it would have worked, I was talking to the captain about this afterwards, it would have worked so perfectly with the rest of the storyline in that, like, so, uh, for me anyways, this film was meant to be about, you know, Kylo changing sides and the potential of Rey changing sides and that, that the sort of internal conflict with them. And it would have been great for Rey to have killed Chewie, like actually killed Chewie, and then to do like a, a to go like full PTSD mode. PTSD? Post-traumatic stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, PTSD mode and really like, you know, recede into herself and get like darker because of this, uh, the trauma she's experienced of killing a friend. Uh, and that would have helped sell her like uh, the when she meets her evil counterpart it would have helped sell the idea like oh god she might actually turn but because there was no repercussions for that it's just like I, I didn't feel like there was a strong Ray will ever turn and I think that was the moment there with Chewie's death where you could have really sold that sort of like this could go either way sort of thing also like the thing about her using force lightning there which is like a Sith thing to do mm-hmm. it kind of like, where, where did that come from? R- 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 Kylo says that he, he kind of made her do it, but it's, I don't know, it doesn't really make, like, how did he make her do that? Or, you know, by goading her into doing it, what was she thinking to achieve? It was just, it, it kind of, that jarred a little bit for me. Really? Oh, I didn't even read it like that. I just read it like she was so angry at, like, uh, Kylo being there that, like, the, you know, her negative emotions took over and because she's like a Palpatine, she had that sort of ability in her and it just came out to her shock uh, and surprise. I didn't even, I didn't even realize that it was Kylo doing it. I didn't even clock that at all. Um, does she, she doesn't know she's a Palpatine at that point, does she? No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, okay, so, cool. I'll, 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 we'll talk about that when we get to there. Okay, cool. We'll put a pin on that one. Next note. Uh, Put a pin on that one. More, more re, uh, sort of retconning. The Legion General character should be Hux. Hux should be the Legion General. Why, why do we have another Hux character? Yeah. There's, there's two Huxes, man. Like, what has Hux got to do? It's just, oh, it's so bad. Everything's, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's no good. I'm assuming no, no complaints there, yeah? Like, I, I kind of thought we were supposed to know who he was. To be honest, I kind of it's like oh I've forgotten this character, but I don't I don't think he is in another film. Oh no, I think he's or previously introduced. Yeah, I think they just they just he's a new character completely. I want to look this up real quick. Go for it. Um, maybe they might have this up real they, quick. They might have elevated a side character or something, but I thought he was just completely new. Yeah, no, he it's he's only in episode nine. He's not in anything else. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's just and like oh, silly. Like, it should have been Hawks. Jesus, like, it's not hard. Like, that's so basic. Like, come on. Um, next note I have after that is, uh, we don't need more droids. And this is where the gang uh, gets an additional droid, the little, um, the little yeah. sort of cone head on wheels. And I was like, why are we getting more characters here? Like, are we not meant to be wrapping up? Like, stop tacking people onto this thing. Um, and there was another one earlier with uh, Poe's... Uh, girlfriend perhaps romantic acquaintance from the past and I was like are we going to tack her on as well like stop gaining characters this is what should happen in the second yeah. movie yeah I I kind of I liked we were kind of given hints about Poe's backstory and you know you know cool stuff that we don't really know about him Um, but then I felt it was kind of leaned a bit heavily it was leaned on a bit heavily 
Um, well, and how we're supposed so? to care more. We're supposed to have more emotion, like the whole thing, like the the suggestion of the romance between them. Like we, I felt like we were expected to care about that. Oh yeah. Um, without any context for caring about it. Yeah, yeah. There was. I didn't care at all, Bill. <laughs> yeah. Zero caring came for me there. Um, next note: parents are no one. Another retcon. That one really annoyed me. That one I was kind of like, oh, I yeah, I I threw my hands up in the air and muttered quite loudly at that one. I was so that was like that was the that was the best thing about the Last Jedi <laughs> was that it threw that out the door. Ray is no one. Ray doesn't. She's not involved in this because of blood. She's involved in this just because of herself. Yeah, that was the best. That was the single best thing about the Last Jedi, and they they <laughs> tossed it out. <laughs> And the way they tossed it out, it almost seemed like a, uh, almost like someone tweets a thing, right? Someone pushes back against a tweet and then someone goes, oh yeah, well, what I actually meant by that was X. I'm like, oh, it's such a lazy retcon as well. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was no, it was no. Your parents are no one, but your, but your granddad was Magic Space Hitler. (laughs) Magic Space Hitler. Man, if we weren't like contractually obliged to call this astral conflict uh, Aero Strider's Ascent. Uh, you've you've thrown out some banger titles over the course of these past this past hour. <laughs> I wonder, can I just store them in a text document and just use them randomly throughout the year? They're great. <laughs> in case I don't say something funny in another episode, just have a bank a bank of illness. Um, okay, so then the next next thing I have here is uh, we're obviously back on the ship. Uh, Hux Hux's turn. Hux's betrayal of the First Order I had here is weak. I didn't think it was stupid because looking back on it, you're like, oh, I can kind of see it. Like the whole way through, he had an adversarial relationship with Kylo. But like the reason Mm -hmm. for turning is just so lame. Like if I was thinking about like, if I was Hux, why would I do that? It's like if I go against the First Order... Um, what am I to gain here? So, like, if I make it, I the the if I make it and the resistance win, the resistance are just going to prosecute me for war crimes, or or just like maybe maybe not like uh impose the harshest harshest possible sentences, but certainly like my life is going to be diminished afterwards. If I'm found to be a traitor, I'm going to be shot. Like, there's no upside, mm. and his only motivation is like I don't like the guy above me, so I'm going to betray yeah. like the clearly best bet in this conflict and if he knows anything about Palpatine and the massive fleet like who would go against that like now it'd be different if he had a a moral turn and he's like I can't I've seen this army and these dead people walking and I can't go with that then it's like yeah okay I can can get that people do uh, things against the odds for moral reasons all the time but but if it's not for moral it's just weak it's just I found it very weak I could see, I, I could get behind turning on them just out of spite for an individual. I think that's kind of, I don't know. I, I, I take your point that it's, it's um yeah, I could. I, I think that could be cool storytelling um if it had been, if he'd like tried to go with them or something. But I think it was just like very silly that uh, I, I'm going to let you go and then I'm going to stay here because that doesn't look suspicious at all. <laughs> Like, just people in Star Wars are just not competent at a lot of things. Yeah, no, they're not. <laughs> and that's an example of it. 
I, I, I did like the, I did like the kind of almost very camp reveal where he's like, it is I, the traitor. And they're all like, oh, shocked face. I was like, okay, I like the way you lead into that. How does he know that they know there's a spy? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> These people are terrible at spying. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't even think about that. That is hilarious. Like, he has no way of knowing. That is fantastic. <laughs> um, so what up next? Um... Uh, oh, I wrote here that Palpatine granddaughter is cool. I must have at the time really liked the idea of Ray being a Palpatine. Um, really? Yeah, I didn't write anything else though about that. Maybe because I was just expecting her to be a Skywalker, and I was like, oh, I like that she's evil. Um, oh no, I yeah. tell, tell you what I was thinking of. Sorry, I was thinking of a yin yang sort of thing. Uh, I like the sort of the yin yang setup where uh, Kylo, the ostensibly bad character comes from like ostensibly good people is of good stock so to speak and then Ray the ostensibly good character is from bad stock and I kind of like the idea of like we are not our ancestors Um, and then I've spoken before in this podcast about being of German descent and uh, a thing that like if I were to look back there it it may get ugly and I have to I, I remind myself that I am not what came before me. And I felt in that moment where it's like, oh, Ray is, Ray is of evil spawn. I'm like, I, it was cool. It was a cool idea. Um, but I fully take your point that uh, her being literally no one as well is also very cool. Mm. That's that's an interesting kind of the, the reversal of it and rejecting, rejecting um, the, rejecting kind of what's implied by her blood. That you could do something cool with that, yeah. Yeah. Um, but definitely for me, it's it's better to, it's it's much more interesting for her to be no one, and and that makes the universe feel bigger for me, and it makes it feel kind of more expansive. Uh, but like seeing as this is, but big... I hadn't I hadn't considered it your way. Yeah. Oh, I had an idea that Bill didn't think was terrible straight off the bat. This is a this is the best Christmas present you could have ever give me, Bill. Uh, so... You make me sound like an awful <laughs> contrary fella. <laughs> So the next well, point I have really. is oh yeah, so they picked up a dagger. Uh, that's uh, one of the sort of MacGuffin-y type things that are going on. Um, they uh, land on a planet where the remnants of uh, the Death Star were, was on the planet, and they use this dagger to locate the other MacGuffin-y thing that they need. Um, that mm-hmm. I have here, the dagger as locator is just super silly, and like not silly as in like camp Star Wars silly, just silly as in like I'm, I, I found, found myself being like oh, because it's like. Sorry, for people who haven't seen this, I don't know why you'd be listening to this if you haven't, but the dagger like opens up and there's a little pointery bit and the if you match the shape of the dagger up with the shape of the remnants of the Death Star, the dagger, the pointy bit points to the MacGuffin. And I just, when I watched that, I was kind of like, yeah, but that depends on how you stand relative to the Death Star. And like... The distance you're away you are, yeah. The angle you're at, yeah. Like you have may- to be looking at the correct bit of the Death Star. Exactly, like, and it'd be different if, if like that was a, um, like let's say they had to go to some. I don't know. I'm making this up on the fly, so don't take this uh, as a series suggested. But like, if they had to go somewhere that isn't wreckage, like that is like say an old temple or or a a, a natural yeah. landform that has like a set sort of. Uh, shape right and then they uh, the only way to get there is through this like the only way to see it is like this one very specific place so there's like you solve the distance angle problem that way but the fact that it's just like sure things break different ways all the time like I just that bit snapped me out altogether I was like that makes no sense at all like 
Mm-hmm. Um, saber battle with water is cool. I like that. Yeah, that was all right. Yeah, that was all right. And I'm I'm a big fan of uh you I know you're going to disagree with this, but I'm a big fan of super stylized kung fu stuff like Crouching Tiger, and I really enjoyed the kind of like you know superhuman flips and i really enjoy seeing the human body do this sort of like magical martial arts thing and i did a little bit of that here and i really enjoyed it and it was a good balance between the sort of kind of more out there stuff and the sort of the more we're uh, we're just slogging at each other just like throwing haymakers with these swords and then we do these beautiful acrobatic feet i thought that was a really cool little balance hard agree Oh, hard agree on Crouching Tiger Kung Fu style stuff is good or that balance? I thought the balance was good. I, di- I didn't, I mean, like, I know like the flips and stuff are part of, are part of Star Wars since the, um, certainly since the prequel trilogy. Um, but I thought it was, it, it, it flowed well for me. It, it flowed mm-hmm. well. The, the, the mix between baiting each other and doing the flips and the big jumps, I thought was, yeah, it, it made sense. And it, it visually was aesthetically pleasing and yeah it it was good that was a good sequence and i mean that the, the from a kind of a choreographed combat i thought it was it was good choreography i'm going to give some props here to the to setting it amongst like what what is essentially like a typhoon uh it's like it's a kids film i have to remind myself uh and it's not meant to be fine art so the the sort of the really cheap symbolism of like you know the the tumultuous waters while they're fighting that's kind of cool like that, that's, that adds an extra level it's not just we're on a random planet yeah. like that it's a bit cheap but i think it's cool for what star wars is yeah um harrison ford um harrison ford should have been i'm gonna, a, in, I'm gonna interject oh interject bill tell me some stuff actually interject. while you're talking in, i need in, to, i need to turn off the heating because i am roasting so just talk at me there can, can you still hear me yeah i got headphones on okay um so I thought the film is giving a very confused message about violence against fascism. What? Jesus, I didn't pick up on that at all. Go for it. Right. So, and it, it comes into it more later with, with the, the final kind of, the final sequence and the final showdowns. Um, but so she, she's, to, she's to fight Kylo, right? And then she kills Kylo. Uh, mm-hmm. Or like mortally wounds him. But that causes General Organa to die. And... Like, you know, it's fine to it's fine to murder as many stormtroopers who are, as we know, mostly children that have been enslaved, and that's that's fine. But as soon as you kill someone whose da and ma were famous, then you do harm to your own movement. Um, yeah, that's just that's just kind of like I I don't know. Like, was it meant to be something about like the the price of violence or or whatever? But like, I. I it just it just really bothered me that yeah you stab the evil murderous guy um that's fine do that but like why does it have to have this karmic cost of killing Leah? Hmm. And are you saying that later on in the film more points come up that further reinforce this? Yes, hmm. I think so. yes, kind of. Okay, we'll leave a pin on that. It's an interesting reading. I I can't say I thought about that uh, when watching the film. Um, at all, but so I, I'm intrigued to hear um what you have to say later on. So jump in whenever whenever it's appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Har- Harrison Ford. Oh yeah. Okay. So Harrison Ford. Uh, Harrison Ford should have been a voiceover. Uh, it was really confused with him actually being there. 
Uh, and I was like, are, are they force FaceTiming again? Is he actually there? Uh, I realize he isn't. Like, that, that becomes clear after, uh, like, a couple of seconds. But there's a moment of going, like, wait, what? Did Han come back from dead? What's happened here? He should have been a voice in his side his head or something. Uh, and it would have worked just as fine. And it feels like, oh, we just needed to see Harrison Ford again because we can't live without not seeing the old crew one last time, which is a bit kind of, yeah. it's a bit lame. And like, that's not really what people want from movies anymore. You know? I I didn't find it distracting. I I, I thought it was fine. Like, I, I didn't get confused by it. But I agree that it was just kind of, it felt like, just kind of nostalgia porn. Yeah, exactly. And it was just, it was unnecessary. Like, again, nostalgia is grand, but like make it necessary. And that was unnecessary. Um, okay, now the next point I have here is Star Destroyers with Death Star tech is better than Star Killer Base. Um, so I, I top back. So again, for people who, who haven't seen it, um, there's Star Destroyers in this one who uh, they've adapted the tech of the Death Star to to fit to they've shrank it down to star destroyer size so now all star destroyer have planet star destroyers have planet killing abilities and i was like wow wouldn't that have been a lovely thing to put in the first movie where you you know time has passed technology has advanced instead of rehashing the death star for a third time you go oh yeah that tech that we developed in all those failed experiments of death star we now shrank it into a Star Destroyer, and that's kind of a little bit more terrifying because it's this somewhat nimble ship um, that can go around just destroying planets all over the place. And I was like, I wish they did that in the first movie. Um, yeah, uh, at first I was kind of annoyed that, well, why why didn't they just use this already um, if they have the technology? But then, of course, it is new technology given to them by Palpatine. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I, I don't know. It was a little bit silly. Um, yeah. Let me gather my thoughts for a second. Um, while you're, while you're gathering your thoughts, uh, good silly, good silly. Uh, I, I enjoy the sort of, like, it's a giant gun. <laughs> like, that's just really fun. It's a Star Destroyer with a giant yeah. pistol. <laughs> like, that's, that's funny camp space opera. I like it. I, it's the whole thing of building the, building a fleet like greater than the first order fleet originally was almost like judging by the size of it on this remote planet somewhere it's just daft where where do you get the workforce for that where do you get the materials (laughs) for it like a war is an extremely logistics heavy (laughs) undertaking and i know it's a film about space wizards and i'm not usually that picky about stuff like that but like just I know, and and the fact that it was such an unnecessary escalation as exactly. as well, or it's just like the the story behind that escalation was just so kind of weird and 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 tacked on. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to add this new final order thing. It's just you know it's the the first order are evil enough already, and you diminish them by adding an extra thing on. So those kind of things they kind of played into each other. Um, for me, uh, yeah, no, for sure, for sure, I fully agree, hard agree on that one. Um, next note I have I can't remember what this is strictly in reference to but it's too many ghosts equals silly uh, uh, there's I do remember there being a lot of ghosts but my, there's so many people like facetiming uh, with each other and appearing in front of one another and all of this crack like I was just like just stop like just, it, it's grand it must have been in reference to uh, Luke Skywalker coming back again um, yeah that kind of annoyed me 
Yeah, it's, it's we don't need to just, see them. Just let like, let dead Jedi stay dead. Yeah, exactly. We don't we don't have to see them. Like it's it's just like in in film time, he died. Luke Skywalker died like what? Maybe ninety minutes ago. It's grand. We don't need to see him again. <laughs> just leave it. Um, uh, oh yeah. Oh, this no. It is in reference to the Skywalkers. My next point is that X-wing he rolls out of the water should be badly waterlocked Ugh. and incapable of flying. <laughs> And again, it's just nostalgia porn. It's just like continuing to be unable to let go of what happened before. And it's it's like, it's not just building on what went before. It's relying on what went before. Sure. Uh, I, in relying defense, on the original films. In defense of that part, though, it was set up in the last movie. Like, there is there's a clear... I remember it being when they're on Skellig Michael or whatever, there is a pan, they, there's a bit where they look down into the water and there is the X-Wing. So they didn't just pull it out of nowhere for this film. Uh, but it certainly is. Okay. You're, you're dead right about it be just being, you know, nostalgia for plot's sake. Yeah. It's just not as ham-fisted as, as, as perhaps I think you think it is. But still. And it should definitely not have been C-word, uh, airworthy at all. Um, now, my next point uh, is just two words. Uh, f- hope because everyone it got really hope heavy you you maybe you ruined it for me bill you made me aware of this that star wars relies heavily on hope as a military tactic and they were doing it again where they're just like it'll be fine as long as we have hope and i'm like oh stop it like oh stop it it's very frustrating yeah it it didn't it didn't bother me as much this time because the, at least the resistance were being proactive mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, they were actually going in and doing something and, like, deciding to make a strike and they had kind of a, something that felt like a coherent plan. Um, and it wasn't just it wasn't just faith and hope solely. Um, but, yeah, it's, I, I, would like, I would like for protagonists to be competent and, you know, good at war mm. and things sometimes in a story about war. Um, <laughs> Uh, the next two points I'm going to blast through real quickly because we've already covered one of them uh, Snope should have been Palpatine I think that's I think that's fairly obvious um, they shouldn't okay. have murdered Snope he should have taken the Palpatine role um, and then I had another two word response fuck feelings um, because they started talking about feelings in the big air battle on that sit planet um, was it um, Finn or something someone says to Finn uh, how do you know that that is what's going to happen or something. And he literally just goes, feelings. No, they were like, how do you know that that starship is the controller for all the rest of the fleet? And he literally just goes, a feeling. And I'm like, oh God, no, no. Yeah, I've got a feeling. <laughs> yeah, but it's just so bad. It's so bad. Like who launches a right. full, full-scale full aerial attack based on a hunch? It's the hunch trope. No good. Is, is, is Finn force sensitive? Um. Oh yeah, that's that's implied because when Ray later on, when Ray goes down, doesn't he feel it? I think so. Yeah, and because th- he's like he wields the lightsaber at a few points. So I mean, I guess if if Finn is is force sensitive, I can I can live with that. Yeah, I guess, but it just it's a yeah. I suppose it's just a silly military tactic overall. I also I think they need to stop with the um force a little bit and stop with the Jedi's a little bit um they should be I think they really should be few and far between and that's why I really enjoy the um the standalone movies the attitude they have they're like no lightsabers or at least very few lightsabers 
low Jedi, at least very few Jedi. I think that's cool. I don't like that, you know, it's like, oh, Luke is Force-sensitive and Leia is Force-sensitive and now Rey and then Finn and then everyone everyone we care about is somehow Force-adjacent and I don't... I just, I don't know, it diminishes the specialness of the Force. But yeah. then... but then Yeah, I, th- I think the spin-offs are good for that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, now, next thing, uh, space horses on Star Destroyers is silly. <laughs> like, it's not good silly, as in, like, silly space opera. It was, like, took me out of the story silly, because it's, like, they're high up in the atmosphere, and, like, you need masks to breed and stuff like those animals would be wrecked up there and the humans should be wrecked i didn't like the humans running around on the outside of a spaceship in atmosphere like that's that's just just completely daft to me what do you think that was class what i thought it was so fun i thought it was so much fun i i I laughed out loud with the sheer ridiculous joy of it. I thought it was great. <laughs> that's that man. That's hilarious. Because again, I see how it's. I see how it's silly. It just didn't cross into good silly for me. It crossed into like silly silly. That's nuts, man. That is great. So I can. Ne- I can never. Pin I thought it your was so down. much fun. Say again. <laughs> I, I mean, at, at that point, I was just kind of like, I'd kind of given up on getting that much enjoyment out of the movie because the beats, the beats, like, okay, the, my problem with the structure of the film, I'm going to take a, a slight digression here, was that every time there was uh, a beat or like a bit of progression, there was the immediate thing to, to cancel it out. So um, the heroes get away. Oh, the Knights of Ren are right behind them. The heroes get to the next place. Oh, the Knights of Ren are there. Or the heroes, like, they get something. Oh, Kylo destroys it. And it was just kind of, like, really rapid fire through these beats without any time for anything to breathe. So I was just kind of like, oh, you know, whatever. I'm just going to ride this out to the end. And then they had a cavalry charge on the wing of a Star Destroyer. And I was just, I was just along for the ride at that point. I was just like, yeah, deadly. This is going to be hilarious. They've got these tusked goat horses. And... (laughs) It was just like I didn't expect it. I didn't see it coming, and it had been it had been set up just enough with the the other defector stormtroopers, and it was just really silly fun. I really dug that bit. God, I mean, I can see how you did. I I did, I didn't get the similar sense of enjoyment, but I'm glad that it really tickled you. Uh, oh, my next point. I I said my next point. F- fighting without spacesuits on star destroyers is is a bit silly. And it threw me out of it. But maybe I'm too much of a, like, proper sci-fi head. Or, like, hard sci-fi. I think so. And, like, look, there were only a couple of hundred feet up in the air, potentially, you know. I mean, potentially. But, like, when I was watching, I thought to myself, like, wouldn't they be at, like, hovering at, say, the height of Denver, right? Uh, Which is, like, a mile up in the air. And, like, that's okay. that's perfectly breedable, like, to, you know, I've, I've been to Denver, I had no problems, but, like, you do any sort you of... You don't need to wear a spacesuit. You don't need, no, you, okay, no, you, yes, you do not need to wear a spacesuit, but <laughs> um, if you do any sort of exercise, and Denver friends of mine will attest to this, um, if you're not acclimatized, you get really fatigued real quick like it's 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 amazing yeah. how much that the, the increase in altitude affects you if you're not acclimatized to it and i'm oh, assuming well there you go you were on a mountain exactly um but and, and so just that they all rocked up without any sort of like gear to like say combat this um on horses that are not acclimatized that i'm assuming are not acclimatized to this it just seemed really weird to me so 
I don't know, some sort of space suit or even just like a, a, a fancy space opera mouthpiece or whatever or something that you're just kind of like, uh, and, and I suppose as well, it would sell the sort of threat of like they are very high in the air. Like and they fall, they're gone. You know, it just, I don't know. It, it felt like we were on ground level and we weren't. Uh, but I'm kind of sad that I think that way because you, you were, you're so happy and that makes me so happy. And I, I, I wish I could experience such joy. Um, I, I think that was my favourite part of the entire film. I just thought it was such crack. Um, now, uh, what else have I got here? Uh, oh yeah, okay, so uh, we, we cut back. We're very close to the end here. Four more points. Next point I have here is, uh, and I am all of the Jedi, double lightsaber moment I thought was really cool um, when she's fighting Palpatine. Yeah. I really like that. And the first time around... Really uh, I, I, I had a genuine sort of like go on Ray nail him let's do it we're in this together fucker <laughs> I got really into it and it's just it's cool the way she pulled it out and like the sort of the her physical acting I thought was really great there I love that part uh, yeah I liked the way she was able to pass the lightsaber to to Kylo uh, when he was fighting the Knights of Ren um, like that was that kind of just like a little mysterious how does the force how does the force uh, power that you know they've been using to communicate work, and then they they use in this kind of practical application here? I thought mm-hmm. that was nicely done. Um, I thought those fights were pretty good. Uh, yep. they were they were good crack. Um, not as good as the the one in the the imperial or the in the audience chamber in in Last Jedi. I thought no. that was that was really great, as I recall. Yeah, but th- these these were perfectly good fights. Um, and again, a nice balance of the the wushu stuff. Like, uh, Kylo does a cool, like, moonsault over one of the other guys at mm. one point. Um, and it was, it was a, it was a nice shape. Um, yeah, that was, that was cool. Um, the, the story kind of, again, frustrated me a little bit there and didn't really seem to make that much internal sense. Um, so what are my points on that? Um, like for, for that to work for that section to work, there's no need for her to be Palpatine. There's a, there's absolutely nothing that requires her to be a Palpatine there. Yeah. She could just be, she could just be anyone because like Skywalker, um, it is no one like Anakin Skywalker is no one. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's perfectly possible for someone to just be without having a lineage and her, her being descended from Palpatine wasn't required in any way it didn't add it, it detracted a lot in my opinion from it um there, there was no inherent th- need for that to be there um and there's the whole thing if if she if she kills him um she becomes the 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 new sith lord right so again that's very confusing about like the message it's trying to say about violence uh-huh. like is it, oh if, if you're if if you're violent to them are you as bad as they are uh, well, first of all, that's nonsense, uh, and second of all, why is it? Does that apply when it's someone famous? But you can crash thousands of uh, star destroyers, staffed by millions or hundreds of thousands of of them. Like you can you can kill a lot of fascist navy officers, and that's fine. But if you kill the actual dictator, then you're bad. Like what's mm. what's the what's the what's the message concerning violence here? Um, and then. If killing him is makes her take on all of the Sith from before, why does that just go away? And then she kills him at the end. And it's fine. Yeah. 
Oh, oh, oh man, I oh actually here, here. Uh maybe it's that because she became all of the Jedi, all the Jedi were fighting with her in that instance where they weren't beforehand. So all of the Jedi overpowered all of the Sith and they won. That's silly. <laughs> but space goat horses, totally fine. <laughs> Yeah, um, but like that's not like a moral thing, you know. That's just like it's a you know space goat horses. That's funny and it's cool <laughs> and it's a big dramatic moment. And there's no like there's no weight in the overall narrative applied to it. It, it doesn't like that's not resolving any of the arcs. But this is like the philosophical core of the film of the story the film is telling. And I know it was just it was it was messy. It wasn't I, consistent in tone for me. I, I, I am 100% joking about the comparison to the space horses there. I just wanted to bring back space horses. Like, <laughs> I, I, I fully get that they, they function as two different things in the story. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I think your, your reading of the whole um, yeah, violence against fascist thing is, um, is correct there. I didn't clock it at all, but now that you pointed it out, uh, that, makes, that makes sense to me. Um, yeah, it's really confused, isn't it, when you think about it? It doesn't have a clear message. And, I mean, I think that's fine. You know, not, every, not everything has to have a message, but I think Star Wars tries to. And it has a history of... And it's held up as that as well. Like, it's, it's held up as, as people talk about this thing, you know, we, we've, we've had all this media for so long that, you know, says it, you do have to fight and you should fight. And it's it's good to fight for what you what you believe in and, and fight for love and fight for your friends. Um, and then I felt a lot of this film, when it came to doing the actual fighting, it wasn't really clear on its philosophy about that. Yeah. Without even, without even at the same time making a, a coherent point about it being messy and, and about sure. it being difficult to make those moral choices. It was just kind of a bunch of stuff that didn't really inter- interact all that coherently. Yeah. That's, that is, that is, yeah, I might adopt that stance, man. That's a really good reading of it. I like it. Um, Palpatine's, the, the whole, just going back to Palpatine, kill me and you will become all the Sith. Um, he gave so much exposition there and he did it twice. They We cut away from him and we cut back to him and he's still going on by like, if you kill me, I am all the Sith. And I'm like, we know, we know already. And also I felt like, why are you telling the girl this? Like, you know, hey, like you want her to kill you, right? Don't tell her. Oh, by the way, you kill me. Bad things happen. You know, just let her kill you. She's <laughs> she's there. To, she's there to kill you. Why are you incentivizing her to save you? Like, what is this about? Stop. Stop gloating for the love of God. Stop gloating. Let her think she's winning, and then you surprise her by by her turning evil. Come on. Exactly. It's just it's just crazy. Like um. Now, uh, I also have here. Oh yeah, oh, okay. So, so my, my, do you have anything to add about this this part of the movie at all? Because I'm going to skip now to the mm. everything's done part, the wrap up part. Uh, no, I think I think actually I had five points more or less, and uh, yeah, that's all done. Uh, was 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 the space goat horses one of your points? Um, one of my points was enjoyed final act. Oh, okay, okay, so. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, at this point, uh, everything is uh, big bad has been defeated. Um, 
everyone we come back to camp everyone's celebrating it's great um, my note on this point is Creepy oh, Lando did you pick up Creepy Lando at the end it was very creepy Bill Um, no so he uh, Poe's ex-girlfriend maybe whatever she was to Poe um, she or was it no it wasn't her sorry 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 the the, um, the main uh, other defecty stormtrooper we, we saw on Death Star yeah. uh, uh, planet whatever she, she's sitting around and she comes she goes Endor, over to yeah. Lando and uh, she says something to Lando or whatever and then uh, uh, during the conversation it comes up that she doesn't know who she is or where she's from or whatever and Lando kind of gives her luck and goes let's find out and I was kind of like oh it felt really weird. It felt like a 70-year-old man had just hit on a young 20-year-old girl. And I was like, oh, it's... I just, it was, I'm sure that wasn't the did case. You read, did you read that as creepy? Yeah, yeah, purely because of the way he said, let's find out in a real... There was a, and he gave her like a sort okay. of like a look. I'm sure that wasn't intentional, but that's the, that's the only thing I could think of during that. I was like, ugh, my skin crawled. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I didn't read it that way at all. That's interesting. Um, I just kind of read it as, as paternal. Uh, perhaps oh no oh no paternal man no no I I, I don't know I'd have, maybe I'd have to watch it again I did, actually no both times I watched it and I was like Ugh. I just yeah, seemed a bit like I'm Lando and I like to party I like to get my freak on with young people it's like oh no let me take you across the galaxy and find out who you are oh um, again I'm that's definitely not what they're going for obviously it's just the way he affected made it too um, yeah for me now and then the final 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 point was uh, this is obviously when we go back to Tatooine and um, Ray buries the lightsabers whatever there's more ghosts and I'm like stop at the ghosts again I was like too many ghosts um, calm down and calm down with the ghosts and that was the um, the end of the movie uh, for me I took no more notes uh, so that that's me have you got anything to wrap up um, a couple of points. Um, in the the final sequence on the Sith planet, um, uh, Kylo gets thrown over. Like Palpatine apparently oh, yeah. kills Kylo. He, he like casts casts him over a cliff edge, or, or into a crevice or something. Um, but of course he doesn't die, um, because they can't commit. And then huh? he comes back and he uses force healing to to save Ray from dying. Um, and then they kiss, which was just like a bit, again, a bit forced. Like kind of like, oh, we have to have a kiss. And I know there's been kind of attention between them, um, but like at the same time, they've hated each other for ages, and it 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 felt. Oh, look, maybe I shouldn't even say this because I just don't care about romance and films anyway. But it just it 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 felt it felt like a bit like we have to tick this box to me. Um, and then Kylo dies then, just because they had to, like, have him die twice for emotional impact. I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, wait, hold on. Can I, can I cut across and... here? Can I cut across here? Because for two yeah. points on that. Yeah. Um, I thought the uh, that kiss wasn't forced, and I didn't make any notes on it because I just thought it was that whole bit was actually really good in my eyes. Um, I read it as when Ray healed Kylo on the planet I thought they had a really good sort of like physical acting moment together where they like look at each other in sort of like uh, what seemed like shock and surprise that the act had just been committed but I also read it as a bit kind of like like I know more about you maybe true like consuming your force I am closer to you in a way and then 
So right. when they did it again, obviously, um, to a greater degree, like he brought her back from like, you know, she was dead, dead. She didn't, she didn't just have a wound wound. There was a even more sort of like, we are, we are one person. We know everything about one another. We, we are together. Yeah. And then for me, that kiss, like it, it landed totally fine. Um, I, I, I really liked it. Um, so I thought that was, I, I actually didn't think that was ham-fisted. In the same uh, a, a counter to In The Last Jedi, where I thought the Rose thing was totally just out of left field with no setup. I think this had mm. setup. Okay. Uh, but continue. That was that. Um, then when we get back to the, the Rebel base and there was this big thing made in the in in headlines that, oh, it has its first on-screen same-sex kiss. And it was by two. I think. I think technically the two of them have names, but they're f- effectively nameless background characters mm-hmm. for like a third of a second. And like, I don't know. Just if you're going to make a big deal about it, actually give us actually gay characters. Yeah. Yeah. For the love of God, like if you're gonna if you're gonna like it's just it's real kind of tokenistic allyship. Like yeah. actually put some 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 gay people in there for the love of God and stop like doing this minimum stuff um so you can you know get away without actually committing to a gay storyline so you know you can edit it out in case you want it to be shown in a, in a country that doesn't like that mm-hmm. um but then still trying to claim the 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 progressiveness of of putting it in it's just it's it's tiresome uh shout out to my beloved star trek for not doing that um in which they have an actual proper gay relationship uh in discovery and that's class they they've decided that's the thing they're yeah. going to do and they stuck to it and that's awesome um the yeah. uh although then, uh, sorry go on no after you after you i was going to move on oh okay uh no the other thing i, I just uh, I, I, I don't really want to talk too much about uh sort of progressive politics here because i'm, I'm liable to put my foot in it here but just uh let me just do this for a second. I'll cut this out if this is a train wreck. Um, the tokenistic stuff that you talked about there, I fully agree. And the more I hear people who I respect, um, like on, on online, talk about this, the more I realize that like big tech, uh, not even yeah, big tech, but big companies in general, uh, they're they're all like very liberal leaning and very progressive leaning. But it's all very like for the most part i think it's all very performative and not like substantive the substantial substant what's the word i'm looking for substantial substantial the way you you said it, how it should be there uh, and people more and more i'm hearing people saying like that they are doing this performative stuff to kind of get in our good books um because who doesn't want to see gay characters on, on screen and have, have a more inclusive and diverse world and they're doing this to kind of hide it's a bit conspiratorial here but to kind of hide their sort of like really nasty like economic fiscal conservatory you know like disney for example is like they they want you to look at them as being the liberal progressive inclusive company while at the same time they're buying up everyone left right and center creating a massive monopoly on the market and fiscally doing very non-progressive things you know and the same can be said of of tech companies you know they want you like twitter wants everyone to think that they're this liberal platform by performatively you know knocking off uh some big celebrity uh celebrities for whatever the things that did wrong while at the same time they're invading everyone's privacy and our data rights are being just 
like completely trod all over. And I get, I'm, I'm very frustrated with using, you know, minorities and, and gay people as kind of like shields for otherwise crappy behavior. And then, you know, like you said, doing nothing substantial, just throwing this in there. So we're meant to just be appeased. And I just, I don't know, that really, it really annoys me. I'll cut that if that's a heap of nonsense, but that's just my little rant. I strongly agree, and I'm not going to elaborate on, on this topic because I'll just get really angry and we'll go into a long digression. Oh, good. Oh, I'm glad you agree because I'm always very concerned about, because, you know, because you can read what I just said as being, like, down with gay characters in media. Do you know? It's like, he wants Disney not I, to I don't them. think I don't think anyone sensibly could. I don't think anyone well, sensibly could. Well, that is um, nice. It's, it's a question of of hypocrisy on the part of people who are doing that and they're using um yeah uh, a veneer of of progressive politics to to appear a certain way uh, to distract from the actual bad things they do um, yeah absolutely and that is not saying that we shouldn't have gay characters mm-hmm. that is uh, it's not saying that in any way whatsoever it's it's saying that doing that doesn't excuse other other things that that you do yeah and 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 like if there was substantial uh gay relationships in in star wars then you know great that that's that's that is great but this token is the tokenistic nonsense it's just yeah anyhow yeah like you said we shouldn't elaborate on this because uh we both made end up getting very angry uh so anyhow that was star wars i mean oh sorry you said you had a couple of points you are you finished your points i did i'm not you're, you're not tell me more i'm not finished um uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character giving Chewie the medal. I assume that was meant to be the, that's the medals that they all got at the end of New Hope that Chewie didn't get. Uh, and I felt that was another kind of cynical bit of nostalgia porn. Um, uh, I didn't clock that at all, but that sounds dead right. I think that's what it was, yeah. Um, I thought it was a bit silly. Um, going to, again, going, ending on Tatooine. Um, I kind of liked yeah. I kind of enjoyed that. Um, and then, like, she she calls herself at the end Ray Skywalker. And, you know, there's it's kind of leaning back towards the you get to choose a- about mm-hmm. yourself, um, which the rest of the film doesn't support at all. It doesn't lean into that whatsoever. But I thought it was a, um, it was a nice nod. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was, I, I would have liked more of that kind of thing. Um, pardon me. Um, do you have any idea what the significance of the gold lightsaber was? Oh, I gave it no thought other than she is her own person now. So she gets her own lightsaber. It's not going to be Luke's colours. It's not going to be Sith colours. It's going to be her own thing. That's as far okay, as I thought I'm, about I'm gonna Google. I'm going to Google this real quick. Oh, it better not be some tie into some obscure thing in the lore that will make movies about or some crap. Uh, while you're googling though, I did enjoy the uh, the mechanicalness of the lightsaber. It had the little like flick to turn on, little rotary blade to turn on. Oh yeah, like, it was operated by like a, a kind of a wheel. Yeah, that was yeah. Cool. I thought that was really cool, and I liked the way like the the design of it was very reminiscent of her staff. Like it was wrapped in sort of leather. Like it looked it looked kind of cool. Um, oh, I didn't cop that. Okay, That's and cool. be and being a person who wants everything around them to be dark, uh, I really enjoy that. It's like, uh, as far as I can remember, it's like a black blade, um, as opposed to like the shiny, shiny silver of everyone else's thing. I really enjoyed that too. Um, yeah, yeah, but no, no feelings on the gold saber. Well, okay, I, 
I think it was, I think, yeah, I think it was just she, she built her own one. That seems to be, seems to be the, the suggestion here. Um, that, 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 so she, she built it and that's, I guess the, the color she chose or whatever. So, okay. That makes sense. What what were you Um, thinking? I was wondering, was that like another, or was it something from, from previous lore that I had forgotten, like something from the other movies I'd forgotten, or was it a reference to something in, I know the, the old expanded universe isn't canon for the, for these films, but if it was a reference to something like that, maybe, um, yeah, but they're recanonizing a lot of yeah. the old expanded universe. Like, I believe from listening to Star Wars nerds that Solo is like heavily bringing back or heavily brought back a lot of the expanded universe into canon. Um, okay. So the, I, I, I would totally believe if this gold thing was actually expanded universe and they brought it in, like that's that's their mm-hmm. modus operandi at the moment. I don't think we've ever seen a gold one before. Not that I'm aware of, possibly in like the cartoons or something, but I'm not sure... Um, I can't, I can't, I can't think of a, a gold one ever before, uh, which is kind of what was what I was curious about. Uh, yeah, apparently it, the if if you if you look at the details, it's clear that her yellow lightsaber was made from the, her quarterstaff. Or okay, yeah, it has some of the same design elements. So that's that's kind of that's kind of neat. Um, yeah, I liked it. And yeah, uh, and that brings us up to the the end. So. Overall, just to reiterate, because I spent a lot of time complaining about how silly and how nothing, how silly it was, and how nothing made any sense. Uh, my overall reaction to the movie, though, is just like it's just nonsense fun. Like I had fun watching it, um, despite there being moments, a lot of moments where it's like, oh, retcon silliness. My overall sense was like we're going on a a weird and wacky, colorful high-paced space adventure that makes little to no sense and do you know what i am cool with that because this is star wars Mm -hmm. this isn't avant-garde cinema let's all chill the beans a little bit and just enjoy the pictures yeah um my overall thing i was kind of not that into it for the most part um i was kind of i i was i found it quite dull for a lot and a lot of stuff a lot of storytelling and and the this pacing of it i didn't like but I quite enjoyed the end. So I wouldn't say it was a outright bad film. Like it wasn't an offensively bad film. It was just kind of not great. But with, uh, with a, a fun conclusion. I know you're not going to want to do this, Bill. But I have to ask. Can you rank uh, these these new movies? Just the new movies. Just these three. Where would they go for you? Mm, I mean, there, was, there were things I disliked about all of them. Mm. So you mean just the, the, the trilogy? Just this trilogy, and yeah, never mind the rest of them. Doesn't matter where you go over the rest of them. Just these three standalone. This this three thing. This trilogy. Oh, it's very tough. Mm, it's very I know. very tough. Um, because I wouldn't go so far as to say I enjoyed any of them. So I'm going to have to think about like which decisions were made that I approved of. Um, despite not enjoying it overall. Um, hmm. Okay, give me yours, and while you're doing yours, I'll think about it. So, I I simultaneously have two rankings in my head, both being equally valid, depending on what cap I put on. Um, If I put on the just evaluating the movies um, in isolation, completely in isolation, they would go uh, best to worst would be one, three, two. Okay. Okay. Uh, But... I I still even after all these years I I've 
derived no enjoyment from watching a rehash of an old film. And so, like, if I were to rank based on, like, what ones I'd actually watch again, uh, it would be 3, 2, 1. Like, Force Awakens, because of the fact that it's just New Hope 2.0, I have no feelings toward it, no compulsion to ever watch it again, and, like, wouldn't recommend it to anyone. I would recommend The Last Jedi over that, because it's, like, at least it's, like, you know, crazy, <laughs> as opposed to, like, utterly yeah. benign. So, it's either 1, 3, 2, or 3, 2, 1. I have both of those in my head at the exact same time. Yeah. I mean, I think you could make a case for two because it almost does so many really interesting things, but just it doesn't commit to them. Mm. Like if it if it had just if if two had more conviction in itself, it would be a great film, I think. I mean, there's but it, it, what's mad though, man? Like I so I listen to the Star Wars Minute podcast. It'll be linked in the show notes. It's a podcast where they go through each of the movies. One every episode it analyzes one minute of the movies. And they have guests on for every week of episodes, for every seven minutes. And at the end of the week, they ask all the guests to rank their the movies. And time and time again, man, The Last Jedi is right up there, like on top of everything. Like they go, Last Jedi, New Hope. And it's just like, I think that's, and I bring this up to say, like, I think this is maybe what you're talking about. Like you could make a case that it's it's doing brave things. And because of that, people are like, it gets up there, even yeah. if it, even if it doesn't deliver. It's a, it's a weird one, The Last Jedi. Yeah, like it's nearly really, really good, but it the ways in which it fail are they fail enough to bring it way down. Mm. Um, but the others, the others just kind of played it safe, you know. So they were more successful. They were more successful in what they were trying to do, but what they were trying to do was just less interesting because they played it too safe. So I think you could say either two, three, one, if you're going like for for being more interesting, mm-hmm. or for like what actually what actually works as a film. One, three, two. One, three, two works. Okay, so that's that is very. So we're very very close. The only difference with me is that I would. I, where you go two three one, I go three two one. That's interesting. Okay. They're they're a real difficult bunch to group, and this is specifically why I ask. Um, yeah. Anyhow, that's it. That's the end of the Skywalker Walker saga. That's it. That's it. <laughs> now we just get to well, unless I mean we we thought that we thought that uh, it was it was fully told with six films. You know, maybe in another twenty years they'll make episodes. 10 through 12. No, man. What they'll do is they'll just like, they'll just reboot the exact same films again. They'll do what Disney's doing with all the live action stuff. It's just Jungle Book again, um, just to maintain copyright. That's what they'll do. Um, but on, on a more serious suggestion, what do you think is uh, is going to happen next? Like, are, I'm assuming they're going to have to, are they just going to go standalone or are they going to start up a new saga altogether? Or what's, what's the jazz here? Um, well, I mean, The Mandalorian seems to be doing pretty well. Um, and they have other they have other standalone films in the works, don't they? I mean, so I Solo did really badly. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think it was a success, and I thought it was. I thought it was a very poor film. Um, which I was disappointed by because I like Ron Howard. Um, mm-hmm. but I think I think they have other standalones. 
um in in the works there was talk of a lando standalone mm-hmm. um which is a, which is also just a fun thing to say lando standalone <laughs> um and that would have that would have donald glover so that would just be fun because donald glover is extremely fun mm-hmm. um so yeah i i i think there are there there are if you look it up i think there's other stuff that has has been planned and they've other things in the works for disney plus um but i guess we'll i guess we'll wait and see yeah i mean i hope I, I whatever they do, I just I hope they quickly just drop the characters we know. Just like it's fine. I would like standalones that make the universe feel bigger rather than making it just the same things over and over again. It's it's expand the universe. If it's an expanded universe, actually go and expand the damn thing. Yeah, for sure. Tell tell us a story. Give us give us a cop procedural and Coruscant, on Coruscant, um, you know something like that. Yeah, I f- fully agree. Fully agree. Um, so anyhow that is that it suddenly occurs to me it's now half ten at night and it is a work day for uh, both myself and the captain tomorrow so uh, I'm going to if it's okay with you Bill I'm going to wrap up now yeah that is fine by me so uh, to everyone listening uh, this is not going to come out on Christmas unfortunately because of various scheduling things but Merry Christmas I hope your Christmas was good I hope you have a very happy new year and uh, Bill and I will see you uh, in 2020, in the future. See um, you next decade. Next decade. Have a good one. Until next time, Edgar, Edgar out. out.